Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, a musical theatre podcast for musical theatre lovers by musical theatre lovers. It's me, KB, and joining me at the table is Julia Eisentrager and Miranda Selwood. And our very super special guest, Vivian. Hi, Vivian. Hi. You're bringing us another musical classic today, which yes, is very yes. nice. Yes, I. Would you like me to introduce it? Sure, you can tell us what it is. Oh, what, what, sorry, I don't want to jump the gun. Just the name. Okay, just the name The for name now. is South Pacific. <gasps> yes, we are. We're talking about Rogers and Hammerstein, South Pacific. But before we get into the musical, we should get to know you, Vivian. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. I do like the brassy ones, though. Uh, I was going to say I like last week's better. Oh. I, I thought that was... Genre, sp- yes, know, I think suitable. it's good. Yeah, I think it works. I think yeah. it's very good. I'm gonna watch that man right yeah. here. I yeah. think it works. I personally for. just that love one it. song, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work for any of the other songs. In yeah, the if you could do it in the sound, the style Barley of high. some enchanted evening. Huh. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Very nice, very nice. There we go. Now that we have that (laughs) covered, um, Vivian, what musical (laughs) character would other people compare you to? Um, I have on my little list like Anna from Frozen or Glinda from Wicked, um, Mary Poppins, Miss Honey. Like if they're blonde, mm. besides (laughs) Anna, um, I've probably at some point been referred to them. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. I don't know. It makes sense. It does make sense. Well, what musical character would you like other people to compare you to then? I'd really like people to refer to me as Anna from Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Linda um, from Wicked. Linda from Wicked. <laughs> Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. But it has <laughs> to have the from the. Yeah, from the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and so also look. like Anna from Frozen the musical. Yes. Like okay. stage musical, I think. Yeah. Oh, and the movie's great too. Anna you know. from Frozen the musical. Yeah, has yeah. A day. That kind and of that thing. also has a, quite a regal ring to it. You know, kind of. Princess Anna as well, if mm-hmm. we could go Princess with that. Princess Anna from the musical Frozen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. How Are any of these roles on your dream role list? Yeah, so probably Anna from Frozen. <laughs> I probably would like to play Anna if she, you know, that came into the community theatre space. That'd be, um, hello, anybody, if you're thinking about putting the amateur rights out there, um, I'd really like to be Anna. Um, or like Janet from Rocky Horror or Audrey Little Shop. Again, blonde, blonde, blonde. Um, <laughs> Doesn't and have to be. I know, but they often. don't it's have often. to be blonde. It's often. But they're often blonde. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, we could, we could put them in a different week. But I feel like, you know, they're quite was, traditionally blonde. Was Janet blonde in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Wasn't she like a light um, brunette? I don't like I feel like a dark blonde. I'm going to Google or it. Like I feel like she's lovely brown. princessy characters always blonde and girls that have a little bit more sass oh, yeah. are always brunette. Yeah, it's like and that's can, how it's kind of a split. You can tell their personality <laughs> trait based on, on their, their But then colour. sometimes when the sass it like accelerates yeah. it, it comes full circle back to blonde yeah <laughs> yes like if we're thinking yeah. mean girls yeah we're like yeah. okay there we yeah. yeah you've got two very extreme yeah, blondes <laughs> the darker like wednesday adams brunette like. yeah. <laughs> no no let's yeah. uh let's do a blonde wednesday no janet janet <laughs> is definitely brunette just putting it out there okay, mm-hmm. okay. I've Googled it. we can agree to disagree <laughs> <laughs> um are there any more dream roles uh i if I can put one more in there, yes. can we put Maria from Sad of Music? Absolutely. Which I know gets a lot. Blonde. But yeah, we'll put her on there. It does get a lot of airtime. So yeah. A lot of airtime, yeah. but you know, Julie Andrews, I mean, yeah. come on. It's fair. Yeah. It's totally fair. Uh, what is your favourite Sondheim show? 
I'm going to go with Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. But again, having not seen the extensive list of all of the Sondheims, it's hard to say pick That's a favourite yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know... I think I'd have to see everything before really I could choose something. Well, that's because there's also Sondheim and then there's Sneaky Sondheim. Where you're yeah. Like, oh, hang on. Hey. Yeah. That's actually Sondheim. Oh, yeah. West Side Story, anybody? Gypsy, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> sneaky Sondheim. Yeah. Sneaky Sondheim. Maybe we should change the question to what is your favourite Sondheim or Sneaky Sondheim <laughs> show? <laughs> Please consider the full list. Yeah, yeah. Here is um, a full list you can choose from. Are you particularly familiar at all with A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum? I know of it and I've heard some songs from it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. I recommend it to you because mm-hmm. I think you would be absolutely delightful in the um, roman- the, the yes. female romantic league, yeah, yep, which yep. is basically only one of two female roles in the show. Yeah. So you'll be able to pick which one often it is. blonde. She's blonde. Yeah, blonde. Yeah. Okay, yes. then blonde. I'm yeah. sold. I'll she's watch usually it. blonde, in fact. Yeah. She's yeah. blonde and wears white. Yes. That's, oh, okay. that's how yeah. And pure that's how she you is. know, yeah, that she's yeah. a goodie. Very yeah. Aryan. <laughs> like, super, super Aryan. Yeah. Okay. What is your go to shower song? Um at the moment I've been listening to a lot of creepy old guy from Be Put Beetlejuice, which is an odd but it's a bop. I feel like it's a bop. It is a bop. And I feel like Sometimes you can just let out a lot of stuff with mm-hmm. that song, like usually mm-hmm. listening to it and doing some of the voices because there's just too much happening in that song to sing all of the parts for it. But I like listening to that song and just sort of jamming out to it. Nice. If that makes sense. I think shower. But shower song, Creepy yeah. Old Guy. If you haven't heard that song, you'll be like, interesting choice, Vivian. <laughs> um, but I feel like once you listen to it, which I would recommend, you'll get it. Yes, it is the title of a song. There isn't a creepy oh, old yeah, guy yeah, singing yeah, in, still somebody shower. in my shower. No, they, a creepy old guy sits in my shower and sings to me. That's what I like. That's my go-to shower song. Uh, I've got ooh. that now. <laughs> I've right. got that in my head too. So when I have a shower tonight, <laughs> that is what I will be thinking of. You just be like, uh, done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm going to be a short shower. Just real. Um, well, now that we've gone there. And we have that delightful picture in our head. <laughs> Let's ask our ultimate question. You have to delete one musical from existence. Which one is it? For me personally, if I had to delete it from my ability to view and or be in it, I'd delete a chorus line. Oh, yeah. so yeah. fine. I've done it. I've del- I'm d- delete it. Yeah. I'm I've done. seen it. I'm I don't want to be in it. But it's if you – I can appreciate it's a good no, dance no. musical. Delete it. Okay, I'm deleting it. If you want to delete it, you have to delete it. I – if when I was in it, I was like, this is a bit day now. Oh, but – I like – Anyway, I'm not allowed to say no, <laughs> no to Miranda's the guests. Having an no, no, but, but, but – I'm not having an aneurysm. I'm fine. <laughs> you, don't, you, can't, you don't have to say no to me. I just but feel you like it's debate. a very important show in the development of musical theatre. Okay, moving. Yes, mm. and before – Yeah, and we've experienced that now. We can get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Before the tension gets any higher, let's play a piece of music. Yay. Now for the chorus line. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, dear. Um, and now we're going to talk about a show that that some other people might find is dated and needs to (laughs) (laughs) no 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 but truly South Pacific um now Vivian I don't know if you've been told um that you have to do like an elevator pitch of the storyline um so we're just going to put this upon you right now okay and you've got two minutes to tell us what the entire storyline of South Pacific is okay okay Julie's going to start the timer in Uh three two one Go. Okay, so South Pacific is set in the South Pacific um, <laughs> during the Second World War um, and it's based around two love stories. It's about based around a love story between um, Lieutenant Cable and Liat, who is a Tonkinese girl slash woman, depending on what age you want to put her in, um, and also based on another love story between Nellie Forbush, who is a US Navy nurse, and Emile Debeck, who is a French plantation owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it follows both of their stories and they're sort of our themes about prejudice and racism um, throughout the story. And Nellie, who is from the US, and Le Cable, who is from also from the US, are uh, coming into the South Pacific. So they're coming in, I guess, to a place that they're less familiar with and they battle with a lot of their own prejudice um, because they've fallen for people that either they're unsure of how... So 
Cable has fallen for Liat, mm-hmm. who is Tonkinese, and he's really unsure. He's in love with this girl and he loves her to pieces, but he's really unsure about how he's going to bring her home to his family and he doesn't think that he can really overcome that um nelly works out that emil has two children who um their mother is polynesian Mm -hmm. and she doesn't think that she can overcome that that 30 seconds he has been with somebody who's polynesian um but then he ends up almost dying and she realizes that she can overcome that and they they come together and they and all live, la- happily, live happily ever after as a family. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's sort of yeah. it. I don't well know. Well done. There are other characters, but they're, kind of, they're kind of your main. Yeah. Main peeps. Your main peeps. The main, the main peeps. ones. And yeah. sorry. That was stressful. Where does the hair washing come into it? <laughs> well, she uh, before really she realises that the, the, the t- his two children um, have a mother who's Polynesian who she doesn't really doesn't know how to come to terms with that before that she decides that she wants to get rid of anyway she's like I fall in for somebody I don't really know if he's what I want and decides to wash him out of her hair but then is quickly in basically the same moment swept up again by him and they fall madly in love and he proposes to her so she's a bit trash well just she doesn't really know what she wants Mm. and changes her mind a bit Mm. That's normal. I feel like that's normal. I feel like, like, especially in the middle of a war. She's like, (laughs) I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. (laughs) She's like, I can't get on board with the fact that you're the mother of your children is Tonkinese. Sorry about it. Polynesian. Polynesian, Sorry. sorry. I also feel like maybe it was just the fact that he had two kids anyway. I mean, that I can get on board with. (laughs) And he was French. So there's also this. He's French. Yeah. But then it's interesting because. If you look at the book, so this is based on a book called The Tales of the South Pacific mm-hmm. by, can I start talking about this now? Yeah, yeah, by yeah. James um, Michener, which um, there's in that book, which is actually based on, I believe, true events that he experienced because mm-hmm. he went out to the South Pacific during the war. Um, and there is a character called Nellie and a character called Emil. And he in that story has, I think, eight children and there are four different mothers and as far as I know, that he that's was a different story. So I was going to say slightly yeah. different, but she was. It seemed from some of my readings again. I didn't read the book, so I it's hard to say. But it seemed that she was okay with some of the kids, Ooh, which is even worse. Yeah, and some of the children maybe it was harder to come. I to like terms you. With. I like you. I hate yeah, you. I so hate you. It, uh, that's I think tricky. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of things. But when there's just two... Well, they yeah, probably went with yeah. two because then it was like, not another Von Trapp story, you know? So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it wasn't really about them. No. So no. Let's yeah. not hire more children. No. And because they are in it for a... Not a lot. Let's not hire eight children who might not be doing a lot for the rest of the show. That <laughs> seems like a lot. Back. Yeah. <laughs> that is fair. Um, the show did pretty well. Mm-hmm. It was very mm-hmm. popular. Mm-hmm. It's one of nine musicals to win the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Mm-hmm. Name the other eight. Um, Hamilton, <laughs> Next to Normal, and that's all I remember. Rent? <laughs> no, really? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's right. Rent yeah. did win. Um, yeah. Ten Tony Awards. Yeah. Ten. That's yeah, double a, digits, it's guys. A lot. <laughs> best what? musical, best score, best libretto. That's the book. Um, <laughs> obviously, seven other ones that are not listed on the piece of paper in front of me. It's so yeah. fine. The film also ran for four years and six months in the Dominion Theatre in London. The, that is the longest four, four years. years and six months. It ran from April 1958 to September 1962, which is an un broken record run and will probably never happen again sorry no. just the movie the film was ran. in the cinema mm-hmm. for four and a half years yeah. because like maybe gone with the wind wasn't in the <laughs> cinema and it's four and a half years that long is, that is what the interwebs have told me is this just one random cinema that's like, let's yeah. just never take the this Dominion movie The Dominion Theatre is quite, uh, quite a popular place in London. So that just I baffles guess, me. Mm. I'm baffled. Mm. Are you baffled? baffled. So people to put it, it in context, though, no DVD. No, no, DVD. no VHS no release. VHS. So really the only way to see it, to was, see oh. it was in the cinema. Yeah. This is their Netflix. Yeah. I thought it's you not meant like now. cinema and chill. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's on DVDs, Miranda. I know. I've seen it on the DVD. Um, but at that time, yeah. I mean, it, it would be completely unheard of now because... Absolutely. You just wouldn't. You can't... Mm. 
you can't play a film in the cinema for four <laughs> years. It's not, it's not going to happen. It stops making money after like it stops six weeks. After like maybe three weeks it's gone now, yeah, you know, because oh it's on God. Netflix in a month's time. Yeah. So Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I made a popular. really big deal out of that point. It's very, oh. very popular. <laughs> well, now we're sorry. sorry. <laughs> I can't what get over do, four and a half years. What else do we need to know about Rogers? Um, Rogers and Hammers. Broadway for four and a half years. So <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. No. So it was on Broadway. I don't think we talked about when it premiered. I got a bit flustered about tell us how great it's, it is. And I know okay, that there yeah. are some um, different feelings about there are. South now. Pacific and Rogers and Hammers. And I think particularly about some of the themes that it brings up yes it, um for its story. time it was very like ahead of its time but now we look at it in 2020 yeah we look at it, it with has, 2020 eyes yes it hasn't really yes. lived up to that no yeah a lot of ways. i mean yeah. a lot of rogers and hammerstein hasn't <laughs> there's lots of problematic things mm. in rnh shows you think yeah but, but but yeah, so I think that it definitely is, again, from as far as I've read, it's the prejudice and racism, those themes definitely seem to be a theme that Rogers and Hammerstein wanted to convey and mm-hmm. talk about yeah. and bring up as a conversation. It was well-intentioned um, at the yes. time. And I think because they yeah. both experienced some of that. So Rogers fa- and his family were Jewish mm-hmm. and Hammerstein, his sister-in-law's husband, had Japanese heritage. And then when that in world war ii there'd been mm-hmm. a lot of times when he was um he went off to ellis island and then he came back and he couldn't get work afterwards so they'd i guess experienced it maybe either firsthand or secondhand yeah. so they wanted to, they had this platform where they could talk about it and i think that it talks about it in different you know nelly and cable might not make them doing air quotations you can't see them the right choice compared mm-hmm. to what we might think but it's a choice that they make and it brings up our conversation about yes. choices that people might make mm-hmm. um and i think that that's important to discuss and choices that people make and why do they make these choices and how is this person feeling and well what kind of conversations can this then start because we need to address this mm-hmm. because why are these people why do do people not these people why do people feel like this and how can we bring togetherness or how can we discuss this um and talk about it i don't think it's meant to solve a problem no. or address anything and i don't think it was meant to then and i don't think it's going to now but i think it talks about it yeah and they were very um uh, they held their ground a lot there's one particular song you've got to be carefully taught yeah. um, mm. was very controversial mm. at the time and they were pressured into taking it out of the show and they were like no it's, yeah it's staying in there yeah so that's the, the song that, that basically says um as racism is a taught yes. trait and Which that yeah um you know you take a perfectly innocent child you have to tell them these people are bad because of this reason mm. and yeah you know it was the sentiment from many people who, who thought and believed that way that mm. that they were teaching their children the right thing yeah. mm. and this is two random people on broadway saying actually that's you're wrong pretty <laughs> sick yeah like what are you doing? Absolutely. Mm. And um, it's oh, sorry, going. go there. Sorry, and it's interesting because Nelly and Cable are the two. Well, Cable sings a song, and Nelly comes in, and they're the two that are facing this, and they're the two that sing about it, and seem to maybe have some insight into it. Like Cable's the one who starts that song, and it's really interesting because he, I mean, he dies. Sorry, no spoilers, but he does die. <laughs> sorry, no spoilers. But <laughs> no, spoiler sorry, alert. sorry. He he does. So there's you can't see how it would have played out if maybe he would have changed his mind, but he at the time it doesn't see like seem like he would have been able to come to come to terms again. Quotation marks come to terms with that mm-hmm. the fact that um, Liat is Tonkinese, but he is able to I guess have some insight into why does he think this way and yes. how did this come about, but he doesn't seem to be able to change his own mind. I guess in a maybe significant way yeah and get well the thing that he really wants like the thing that he really wants is her and he really loves her and you can see that even though i mean she doesn't get to talk a lot again probably because it's in english and she hasn't learned english which makes sense mm-hmm. oh um, i think like that we're glad that is the case otherwise you'd have like an even more racist version yes oh, oh yes oh, yeah yeah I, I think that but it's interesting because it would be it would be interesting to hear what liat's 
side of the story is and how she feels. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is really upset when he dies. So I think that that would suggest that she is sad and that she did want to be with him and now she might have to go marry some old plantation owner that doesn't love her and maybe is mean to her. Potentially, that's, I guess, kind of the idea that's yeah. set out that might be one of her, a fate for her and then Cable comes along. Yeah. And it's like, wow, there's somebody that is young and smart and attractive and somebody that I like and we get along really well, even though there is this language barrier and now that can't be. And that's hard. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, it's yeah. nice. It's good. It's good to talk about it. Um, because like we're in a current climate where Mm-mm. we do need to reflect on yeah. the way in which we've been taught to view the world. And so I think there are definitely moments in this musical that can keep starting the conversation. It's just there are some things that just need to be like a little tweak a little tweak here and there just a, just a yeah. time um, but the film also is the only one of rogers and hammersteins to have all its songs left intact um they added back in my girl back home which they had deleted from the stage version but every other one of their films had kind of had a bit of a snip snip and this one Except was the only one. one well mm-hmm. what miranda may also find interesting <laughs> based off her reaction to the four years in the box office is that <laughs> um the ticket stubs for south pacific were seen as a status symbol so people were making fake ticket stubs to say that they'd been to see south pacific that it was the hamilton of its day <laughs> miranda is giving me a look it. i just anyway i'm great great um <laughs> So I found a little bit of information about um, the um, – I've lost my train of thought. Good one. Well, this you is found great a radio, bit guys. Of information oh. about – Would you – I'm going to assume it's about South Pacific. It is yeah. about South okay. Pacific. Um, it, it, and it's controversy around confronting uh, views of racism and being seen to – as American liberals, Rogers and Hammerstein was being seen to be um, forcing their progressive views. Oh. Uh, you know, they some people thought they were communists, and it was work like this, anti-American work like this that that was a big part of the problem. But um, for some people, uh, some of these things they sort of addressed in the revivals in the early two mm. thousands. But um, I just thought it was interesting to note that Rodgers and Hammerstein knew what they were doing, and it was a very deliberate choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they came back to these messages and this sort of material over and over again in their yeah. careers. But this was the one, like you were saying, where they just put their foot down and said, "This is a statement that yeah. we are trying to make." Um, when the tour of the show reached the racially segregated theatre in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. So this is in the um, one of the southern states once the tour had hit the south. Um, Rogers and Hammerstein said they would cancel the performances there unless the segregation from the seating in the theatre was removed. Yeah, so they no. said, if you segregate seating in this theatre, there will not be a performance of this show. Mm. And the show was such a financial success mm. that the theatres had to cave. Yeah. So they were, you know, you talk, you look at things like this and say, oh, Rogers and Hammerstein would, you don't really, they're just two white guys who've never experienced this sort of stuff. But, you know, you were saying before, Viv, that they, they were experiencing this stuff in a different way or mm-hmm. in a secondhand sort of manner. And they were very conscious of what they were trying to do, which is affect change. And, you know, theatre can do it. Theater and in, it. in this particular theatre in Delaware, they literally forced a change of the rules and and made people see the situation that's happening on stage mm-hmm. right there in the auditorium with them. And it it really was a movement of political change. Mm-hmm. And you, a lot of people don't really process that Rodgers and Hammerstein did that so deliberately. Yeah. We talk and about it and successfully. We talk about it a lot in the aftermath of saying, you know, Rogers and Hammerstein did so much in changing the way theatre was viewed and looking at theatre as a process of change and all this sort of stuff. We talk about that in the, you know, looking back and what happened afterwards. But it was happening there in the present, in the now. Yeah. I think it's when you look at the material that's in the show f- through that lens, even now the show still has those messages. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's problematic in the treatment of its characters, but it's representing something that was happening then. And in a way, it's still representing those thought patterns and that how the politics reacts is is still completely relevant. 
Yeah. Which is yeah. the sad part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And I think that it brings up conversations, like a conversation that we're having now. And if somebody sees South Pacific and then they, like South Pacific was the second musical that I ever, like professional musical that I ever saw. And my mum said, um, my mum was going to take my grandma um, and she said, oh, do you want to come along? And I was like, free musical theatre ticket? Oh my gosh, yes. So I knew nothing about it, but I went and sat and I was like, wow, (laughs) this is amazing. Um, And I loved everything about it. But like my grandma was there and I was there. My mum was there. That's three generations of people that that then, I mean, at the time I would have been like 17. So I don't know if I was totally equipped to maybe have a conversation and talk about my side of the conversation but people could have had a conversation with me and now it's something else like another opportunity if it was to be shown again we can have a conversation again and there could be lots of generations of people seeing that show and brings up a lot of yeah opportunity to talk absolutely and those three generations all see it in a very different way Uh, so so off the back of Miranda's um treatment of characters would you like a bad review we absolutely <laughs> would because it's bad, bad reviews, reviews with Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the theme song is different every time. <laughs> that sometimes it's a duet, sometimes it's just a so- It's so good. I love it. So this is a review uh, from the Mercury News. Uh, South Pacific in Oakland shows that even some is the title. That's it. <laughs> even some awkward musicals shouldn't change. Um, this is written by Sam Herbert He's a correspondent for the Mercury News, written on August 9th, 2017. So he says um, a few, yeah, like great, great, cool, cool, yes, yes, and then brings up the point. He says, decades later, the musical's uncomfortable moments are for different reasons. The character of pigeon-speaking Tonkinese souvenir peddling Bloody Mary often comes off as an ethnic caricature, a scene in which she essentially pimps out her seemingly underage daughter Liat to American Marine Lieutenant Joe Cable is troubling, exacerbated by her youth inspiring the romance... Sorry. Exacerbated by her youth inspiring... Yeah, no, that's correct. Exacerbated by her youth inspiring the romantic ballad Younger Than Springtime. So basically he's saying... I think he's he's yeah and look when I watch the show I also find Bloody Mary often quite a troubling character mm. um most of the time because I'm watching it in uh, amateur production where it is not played by anyone of any ethnicity uh which then does make Doesn't it more help. of a caricature and yeah. quite hard to swallow absolutely the 2008 Huffington Post review <laughs> describes that relationship in a very similar way. The relationship between Cable and Liat strikes as underage prostitution. Which charging that Liat speaks not a word in the whole musical, only smiles and takes the Yankee to bed. It kind of does. It kind of stinks. Like you can see it from the point of view that you were saying before, Viv, where like some she she is feeling that like, oh, my, oh this is someone who appreciates me for me and who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can kind of see it from our other side where she's been guided by this mother figure of Bloody Mary and into a relationship where Bloody Mary knows that Joe is has a lot of money or is a marine and will take her out of this situation into something else so it kind of is like prostitution that way yeah um and I guess it also looking at how much it's hard because Liat doesn't talk and you don't get to hear Liat's side Mm -hmm. of the story um and how much of a conscious choice it is for her because i there are there is reference to her having to go off with other plantation workers that yeah. are older and that she doesn't have a rela- again have a relationship with that's really hard to say yeah. because do Liat and Cable have a relationship yeah. um I again, think she definitely is upset when he dies. Yes. So the choice is and backed into an old into a corner with yeah. an old guy or backed into a corner with a young guy. Yeah. And then it it brings up a lot of chat about I guess having choice and have, mm-hmm. being able to choose like you're choosing wanting a again better life I guess yeah like, that's what her mum Bloody Mary thinks and I guess that's what Liat thinks and is this the way that you think that that can happen yeah yeah it's tricky do we want to hear a good review of can I I don't I know do. I don't usually do this do we have a theme song for that <laughs> good reviews with Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> um, reviewers of the original production uniformly gave it glowing reviews, with one critic calling it South Terrific. Oh, God, <laughs> I saw that. Hey. Um, but I did want to point out um, from the New York Daily Mirror programmed as a musical play, 
Mm-hmm. South Pacific is just that. It boasts no ballets, no hot hoofing. So there's no tap numbers. <laughs> there's no dream ballet. And that that was a, a structure that particularly Rogers and Hammerstein had really set up. Yeah. Like mm. he, is, he is the happy-go-lucky number. He is the comic relief. Yeah. He is the, there's not a lot of that in mm. South Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really does come across more like a play with music. Yep when you look at it in the context of everything else that's happening on stage at that time. Um, it has no chorus in the conventional sense. Everyone in the show plays a part. It's likely to establish a new trend in musicals. Yeah. yeah. And it did. Mm. Yeah. So it definitely... Uh, a lot of praise for the music too. Uh, the ultimate modern blending of music and popular theatre to date with the finest kind of balance between story and song, hilarity and heartbreak. Talking of music, does anyone have a favourite song from I'm South Pacific? Watch that man right out of my head. It is a fun one. It yeah. is. It I is. think I, I don't. I, I, do, I don't like it. I like some Enchanted Evening outside the context of the show. Yeah, I like yeah. Honey Bun. Honey Bun. Like Honey Bun is fun. Honey Younger bun. than Springtime is far. Like the music is fun, not yeah. fun. But it's nice to do. Yeah. Again, I can lesson. understand how the context of the story can be challenging <laughs> and problematic. Um, and um, Bali High is the song that mm-hmm. um, I used in uni to remember the interval. Oh, oh yeah. Bali that, yeah. That, What's that interval? Uh, it's been many years. Mm-hmm. The Bali mm-hmm. is the octave and then that's the... So you used to be able to remember I it. I used to be able to. Mm-hmm. But like there was a whole thing of like, you know, Jaws is the second yeah. and minor second. And then that was, it, it must be the minor seventh. Am I making it up? It's the seventh. Same as the 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 Prejudice and racism. Yes. <laughs> there is some stuff, yeah, about some stuff to be said. And um, there's some stuff to be said, I think, about like sex and gender roles. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, there's an interesting thing that I was reading about Billis because Billis is brought in really for the comedy relief because, again, like Miranda was saying, this is a different musical in the context of its time and the way it's set up and structured. Um, and there usually wouldn't be two leads that have a sad story or a somber story or they'd usually be a comic mm-hmm. um lead and a romantic lead yeah but these are both very romantic leads um the pairings so they had billis as the comic relief um and some of his comedy is based on like gender roles so like he has a laundromat set up and nelly comments on the pleats that he's done and he's done really awesome pleats and that's really funny or he wears a grass skirt it is and funny when really people funny. do awesome pleats yeah you know Lol. like be- men doing awesome pleats <laughs> <laughs> um and again yeah so it's tricky in the co- when this was that wasn't something that men were or people who identify as men were doing in that time I have, but like, no. yeah, that's all. There's a lot of comedy race uh, revolving around Billis, and then some things that he does that might be outside the realm of his stereotypical ab- stereotypical role. role. And like masculine, he wants to be perceived as masculine, and these may not be things that we perceive as masculine. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of masculine, we forgot to mention nothing. There's nothing like, like a, a dame. dame. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I think I sing that. Oh. As bad as it is, I've sung that one more than I've sung any other song out of South Pacific. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to jump up. No, but that does uh, have something to do with, I feel like, gender roles. And as an all-female group, if that makes yeah. it any better. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, I have just learnt while scrolling the Wikipedia mm-hmm. that <laughs> there is a concert version of South Pacific. Yes. That yeah. is Reba McIntyre. Yeah. Mm. Brian Stokes Mitchell. Mm. But hear me out. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Yeah. I am as Billis officially yeah. Yeah. happy about this. <laughs> yeah. I thought you would have known about that one. Mm, I think somewhere in the back of uh, my brain I knew this, but I've <laughs> just rediscovered it. Oh. Amazing. Oh. <laughs> like, well, okay. Well, there is some good casting in here I shouldn't be looking at. Don't just don't look at it. I learned in my research that um 
Juanita Hall, who was in the show, the Broadway show, was then in the film. They dubbed her voice for the film at Roger's request. And that I had never <laughs> thought could be put as like a from a performance point of view to be like hey you're good enough for broadway but you're not good enough for the film but we'll have you in it we'll just get someone else to sing it and i think it was the woman who played bloody mary on west end ended up dubbing for the film and i was like what that like hurt my soul i don't know about you but if that if i knew that was happening to me i'd be like i'm out i just i don't don't know that's a big i think a big lesson of like just just because you have the role doesn't mean like yeah. the people on the panel think you're the best one for it. Like, but then that also means that they didn't want somebody else to, to do the it? whole thing, like because they could have had they could have had an alternate third person yeah. to do the whole thing. I don't know. I just I don't want to hurt your like, feelings. We don't however. think you're good enough to do both of these both things, of these but we also don't think that there's some one person in their entirety good enough to do both. Yeah, that's but good enough well, for on stage. And again, maybe the Bloody mm. Mary who played, I don't, again, I don't know her, her name, but in West End, yeah. maybe she was, but then obviously that doesn't quite necessarily work for the storyline yeah. because who knows? Yeah, that's tricky. Isn't tricky, it tricky, tricky, tricky. Isn't it tricky? But I think even with the best intentions, and at the time, obviously, it was a step ahead of everything and started a lot of conversations that as time goes on, um, I think it is okay to like relook at some stuff and the revivals that are coming through it, obviously, um, directed very differently and have a very different uh, directorial vision over the top of it to kind of uh, keep asking the questions that this show mm-hmm. um brings up in a modern way without yeah. too much changing the text whereas I think I'm all for the red pen and like yeah <laughs> if we need to maybe change some wording um they're like I'd be keen. even in like the terms of Liat being Tonkinese it's not a term that we yes. use yeah. anymore yes. yes and so I think it's it's that kind of thing of like how do we bring learning the lesson I have learned from this show and a lot of Rogers and Hammerstein show is that they are they are very good but how do we bring them into the modern sphere? I would be very keen to see the rewrite of this. Mm. Rewrite, revamp South Pacific. Keep the themes, bring it forward. Let's see what happens. I know we can't. Legally, it's it's not right. I mean. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, one yes. Of, maybe if one of their, like, one of their, what do you, oh, I can't even. One of the many people that went under the tutelage of Rodgers and Hammerstein were to touch it just a little bit. A little bit. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what touch exactly it, touch it, touch we can. <laughs> South Pacific by Rogers and Hammerstein, revised by Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. Um, I don't know. There's I don't a lesson know. in there somewhere. Know. Anything else, know. guys? Um, I've realised that I had a whole thing about Mary Martin that we didn't talk about before, but oh. maybe I can talk about it in the context of the casting segment. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. Let's do that. Okay. Let's cast it right now, in fact, so that we can talk about okay. it. Okay. So Mary Martin. Um, so if I was Rogers, yes. I would be um, all for Mary Martin to play the role of Nellie, even if Mary Martin wasn't so keen. Really? In fact, I would be so for it that I would let Mary Martin practically rewrite the show for herself. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> did you know that Mary Martin um, had actually originally been cast to originate the role of Laurie in Oklahoma? How weird would that have been? Wow. That would have been so weird. But um, <laughs> I just really think that would be weird. Maybe that is a lesson that I've learned to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but Nellie Forbush, Forbush sorry, was the first time Rodgers and Hammerstein had made the leading role a belter rather than a yeah. lyric soprano. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was part of this, the creation of the Broadway voice and yeah. what we know Mary Martin for, yeah. really. Um, but... <laughs> um, she was playing the title role in um, Annie Get Your Gun before she went into this show. Mm-hmm. And South Pacific was the show that made her, moved her from big to 
insane. <laughs> like yeah. everyone knew her name after this show. But um, she she uh, accepted the show. Um, she listened to a few of the songs and she was like, oh, I really like that song, but um, it's not my song. Can it be my song? They're like, oh, not really. She's like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll do the show anyway. So that, she, that was Some Enchanted Evening was the one that basically convinced her to do it. Even though she was like, can I have that song? They're like, no. Can I, can, can I have it? Can I have it? Uh, but then they cast um, opposite her an opera singer. Yes. Pinza. What's his full name? He's got a full name. I want to say it. It's here somewhere. Um, Mario. It with e. No, it starts with No, e. yeah. It, it, it is. Um, Ezio Pinza. Ezio Pinza, who was an opera singer. And she basically said, well, I'm not going to sing against that. I'm not going to have him drown out my voice. I'm not going to push my voice to sing over his voice. So if you're going to cast him, then we don't sing together. Wow. And that's why Nelly. Oh, she's a lot, isn't she? And Emil. And Emil don't have a duet. Wow. They only ever sing separately. They don't sing with each well, other. Let's the, revise the that. Opposite with the opposite of Winnie the Hall, mm. isn't it? Just, <laughs> just like, all right, yeah, that's fine. Um, but as it turned out, um, he wasn't in the show for very long because he couldn't keep up for the eight shows a week. Well, he was an oh. Italian opera singer, so he only has to perform every second night. Is the opera yeah. singer way? Yeah, so that's right. To, he couldn't do eight shows a week. And yeah. he's like, oh, no, screws this. I'm off to do a movie. Bye. <laughs> so he resigned within a few months. Wow. But, you know, it's we just don't think about shows like that now that the no. actors have so much Pull. sway yeah. over what happens mm. in the development of the show. I didn't know um, that she, she was... also claims being responsible for coming up with the idea of I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I have a fact about that one. Apparently, wash that man right out of my hair was originally a duet between Dinah and Dinah is Nellie's best friend, um, Dinah and Nellie. But they were like, no, no, no. She needs to decide that she needs to wash her hair, well, wash that man right out of her hair by herself. So, because originally it was Dinah's idea. She starts the song mm. and then they cut it for Nellie, which I feel like is unfortunate considering we have three female leads, two of whom speak and sing. Yeah. Like it would have been nice to potentially have include someone some, else some other female voices maybe. But you know. Is that also because you played Dinah? <laughs> <laughs> well, a female Sometime voice. we'll fix it. Yeah. I yeah. would like to hear as Nelly is um, Esther Hannaford. Ooh. I would cast her in as Nelly. Yes. Just because, like, Lisa McCune did it the last time we saw oh. it. And I feel like we just need to, like, make her a little younger. Just a little. Younger. A little younger? Or yeah. just. Nelly? How old would Nelly be? She's meant to. She's she always. She's like 20. Yeah. Oh, she's really? like quite young. Yeah. And there's meant to be like an age gap between Nelly and Emile. Mm. Everything you read is like old, mature plantation worker. <laughs> I feel like very much to separate yeah. them. And to like yeah. bring that whole element into it. Yeah. Um, and potentially maybe why the why ch- him having children as well yeah. is a something a, big deal. a bigger deal because she probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to have children being younger yes yet yeah yeah so yeah. i go at esther hannaford off opposite you're all gonna hate this hugh jackman i hate that um <laughs> i do i hate that i know i said it i don't I hate don't... it i see where it's coming yeah, from yeah you know it. what yeah. i mean like just that like i just think the age gap I mean, it's good they don't sing together because there's no way <laughs> in heck Hugh would be able to sing in time with someone else. But <laughs> for some enchanted evening, Hugh doesn't – I mean, it would be a different sound. It would be a different sound. That's all I'm going to say. very behind the beat. I really, really love you, Hugh. <laughs> it's maybe a whole phrase. Maybe. Or you can suggest somebody else. Oh. I would still go Anthony Waller. Wait, is that in this role or is that just in life? No, 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 in this role. <laughs> it could be Nelly. He, he could be Nelly. <laughs> he could wash that man right out of his Yeah, because you could... Oh, dang it. <laughs> I mean, we could gender bend it. We could. What if we gender bend it? Yeah. That could be interesting. With a really Ooh. young plantation owner. Yeah. A female plantation owner. That never happened. I mean, look, it wouldn't be realistic to the time. No. But it could be interesting. But... Yeah. I mean, if you gender bend Jesus Christ Superstar, we can do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. We could do anything. <laughs> anything they can do, um, we can do better. The Sondheim rewrite mm. would obviously have Bernadette Peters and Mandy Patinkin in Absolutely. the role. I, mean, I would not, not be mad. against Mandy Patinkin in the role. I'm not going to lie. He's amazing. Bernadette right? Peters might have aged out of the 20-year-old <laughs> Billy by now. I don't hate that. 
<laughs> I don't um, love it, but I don't hate it. Um, um, I think we could have uh, Zac Efron as Cable. Yes, as Cable. As That's Cable. Like a given. I didn't think we needed to um, say that out loud. <laughs> but we do have to to confirm <laughs> it. To confirm it. Um, I was thinking maybe um, Leia Salonga in Bloody Mary and Eva Maria Noblezada, who was in Hades Town, yes. mm-hmm. um, as Liat. Because I think that would be – I know that she doesn't really <laughs> – Mm. But I think it would be a lovely little combination. She has a, a dance. There's definitely does, stuff. It's does she sing? No, at all. No, she she does a dance for Cable. Oh, um, but yeah, <laughs> but we'll give her a song and we'll add some dialogue in there. Yeah, we'll this is what, what the rewrite is for. Yeah, yes. All right. yes. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I put Eugene Levy as Billers. Because <laughs> 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 why not? <laughs> I think there's so many people you could put in there in that there's role. There's so many. And I'm not mad about it. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I'd really like to see as Captain Brackett, mm-hmm. and the name's just gone from me. What's he, he in? was in Young Frankenstein, the lead. Julie, you can... Neil Patrick? In, no, 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 no. Oh, wait. No. I'm thinking of that. Um, horrible. And now on Broadway for um, Back to the Future. It's all right. It's fine. I, people can look it up in their own time. Yes, they can. <laughs> Do your um, own casting of who you think. In the, Young Franken, the original Young Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah. Well, right. that's Sorry, the guy my from brain. Desperate Housewives. Is it Sorry, not? I just, it's come to me and then I've totally misplaced it. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's the guy from, um, yeah. Um, 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 um. <laughs> this is great. Dang. Is Roger Hart? Roger Bart. Roger Bart. Bart. Yes, Roger yeah. Bart. Oh, the Captain yeah. Bracket. Didn't he done? No. No. Because no. he's Gary doing Beach Back to the Future. He's also yeah. in Good get, Trouble at the moment. Sorry. Yeah. I get him and Gary Beach confused. He would be a good captain. Roger. He would. Yeah. So it is the yeah, guy sorry. from Desperate Housewives. Sorry. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I didn't even need to Google that. Any other castings, guys? No. no. I'm good. No? Well, then let's move on to top five. This is still in top five Rogers and Hammerstein for me. All right, I'll I would it. agree with yeah. you. I'm just trying to think if I like confused. any Rogers and Hammerstein. It's kind of music I don't hate. Cinderella. Cinderella Oklahoma. is traumatic. For personal reasons. Oklahoma is trash. Yeah, no, this is good. Yeah. 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 I'll put it in there. Um, any other top, top five? Top five shows about racism that are still racist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't disagree with that. Any yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, accidental now, but not so much no. at the time. No. Very. I think top five musicals to enforce a uh, house rule in terms of seating. Like, like oh, yeah. top one. Oh, I've never, yes. like, thought about that before. That's awesome. You do as yeah. we say. Yeah, okay, you do. You. Yeah. yeah. We are the people that can take this away from you um, so. yeah well that's for them to be able to make that statement is mm. that it's not it wasn't just them the producers were on board with the yeah. purpose Absolutely. and that's the purpose for the producers was not only no, to make money, money. it was to and yeah. that is make change. The, well, that would be a wonderful thing to see now wouldn't it yeah. yes top five longest running Musicals. Film. <laughs> Musical movies. Musical films. In fact, it's the number one. <laughs> At cinema. Four and a that half years. It's on its own list for a lot of things, which is very um, impressive. Top five oh game God. changer musicals? Because they changed the game yeah. of how they're written. Yeah, they so changed yes. their own game at the same time. Yeah. 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 Top five, top five Mary Martin style. makers. <laughs> that sounds like a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> I would drink. The Mary Martin maker. Yeah, the Mary. It any, makes you belty. It's got Maker's <laughs> Mark in it. And <laughs> any other top fives before we list a bunch um, of alcohol? Top five, <laughs> top five shows um, for swimwear. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that and Mark. anything. Go- it was swimwear. Yeah, anything, anything goes. goes. You can if you choose. Not to. necessarily. You can if you choose to. All right. Okay. Yeah, but okay, there's five shows, yeah, so it just two. has to be one of yeah. the five. I was um, like, what else Muriel's is Wedding. Muriel's Opens Wedding also with has. Yes, yeah, this is true. This, yep, this list can continue yeah. then. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> Cats, there's a lot of lycra. Any other top vibes? <laughs> Let's just not get into that. <laughs> Would we say um, a top five wartime musical? As in... Oh, there's a lot, though. There actually is a lot. set 
in I mean, well, war, I think in, in a just lot. any war or that particular war. In well, any yeah. war. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to make any war. I think it might. I think it might, like the way might. that it deals with it anyway. There are a lot. But the show isn't really about the war. It's no. about no. the circ- – that's, that's just the circumstance yeah. they find themselves in, yes. but the show is actually addressing different yeah. – Yes, it's okay, the setting. I re- I, I, I withdraw <laughs> my right, top five nomination. Him, him <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vivian. Um, any final top fives? No. No. Miranda's thinking doop, 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 doop. No. <laughs> Maybe no. Definitely not. All right. Um, oh, that's the end of the episode oh, of South Pacific. We did it. Yay. We did it all. We've learnt some lessons. We've cast the show, mainly Zac Efron, and we've talked about our top fives. Do you have anything going on now or in the future when we're allowed yeah, to I've do Yeah, I've got things? like 75 shows <laughs> happening at the moment. Um, you can see me at, yeah, no. On Zoom. <laughs> yeah, on Zoom. Um, in my shower. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no just the creepy old guy. Just the creepy old guy. That's a one-man show. One-man show. Yeah. Me and one audience member. That's it. No, no, he sings. I'm the audience member. Anyway, it's fine. That doesn't happen. It's fine. Mum, I'm fine. No, I'm not in anything at the moment, unfortunately, but hopefully soon. Hopefully but soon. But safety first. Absolutely. And look. We're going to be fine. There are some things popping up slowly, so hopefully we're pretty close to to that fun stuff. Anyway, while you're in your homes listening to this or in your car or where I am, digress. Um, look up Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know. Not while you're in your car. Let's preface that. <laughs> I mean, if you're not driving and you're parked somewhere and you're just waiting and your for keys a friend. Are not in the end. Yeah, your engine is turned you know, off. Your yeah. engine turned off. Anyway, moving on. Um, you can fund this nonsense for as little as one American dollar a month um, and you get access to some cool things. Mm. A, a few more episodes of Miranda and KB's game show, which I know oh, is, a, yeah. is a crowd favourite. That's great. I love that show. Um, and some top five lists of, of things we haven't talked about on our regular episodes. If you would like to uh, see us on social media, link slide into our DMs. You can find us at Musicals Teach Me on Instagram and Twitter or Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know on Facebook. You can also email us at Musicals Taught Me Podcast at gmail.com. I think that's everything. And all I miss everything. That's all, all the, the things. Places, yeah. Well, that's the end of this episode. Subscribe, rate, review. You know. Tell your friends. Tell your friends and we will see you next week. Bye. Let's talk about X, baby. Ah, crappy relationships, the bane of our collective existence. But what do we learn from our mistakes? I'm relationship columnist Liz Bess. And I'm funny guy Tom Harris. Ghosts of Boyfriends Past will chat to guests about love gone wrong and take you on a journey through the funny, tragic, horrifying... And sometimes just plain bonkers stories about that crazy little thing called love. It's like a group therapy session. With two people completely unqualified to be leading it. New episodes drop fortnightly on Thursday, so join in to hear tales of heartbreak and woe and hopefully wind up a little wiser or drunker for it. That's not kind of productions podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.